Somewhere off the Pacific coast of Panama, in the calm blue water of the bay, Francisco Aquino sat alone in his boat. He had built the boat himself from the trunk of a cedar tree that he had stripped and carved with nothing but a stone adze and a crooked knife, whittling it and smoothing it, running his hand over every surface and curve, whittling and smoothing again, until he had fashioned that single tree trunk into what he believed was the most magnificent boat on the whole of the sea. Francisco sat holding his paddle across his lap. His knees were bent, and his bare feet were flat on the floor of the hull next to his reel and a wooden bucket that he used to bail water out of the boat when too much got in. His net hung off the side. Every day but Sunday, Francisco rose before dawn and walked to the shore and untied his boat from its post. He rowed through the waves, and when he was out far enough, he secured the knots on his net and let the net drop. Then he rowed again, slowly, listening to the water hiccup each time he pulled the paddle up through the surface and slipped it back in. He had to advance at just the right speed to create drag for the net. Too slow, and the fish were not fooled. Too fast, and they fled. It was a delicate balance, but Francisco had trawled in these waters for most of his life, and he knew what to do. A breeze came from the east and ruffled the brim of his hat. Gently, the boat rocked side to side. He waited for the best moment to start. The water would tell him when. Francisco nudged the bucket with his foot, then nudged it back. Birds swooped overhead. He opened his hands and studied his rough, calloused skin. Once, a long time ago, on a rainy afternoon speckled with sun, Esme had taken his hands in hers and turned his palms up. There is a map, she had told him, in the lines of your hands. A map of what? he had asked. And what had she said? He always tried to remember, but he never could. Francisco folded his fingers into fists and sighed. The ocean spread endlessly around him, glittering in the early sun. In the quiet, his boat listed and swayed. His eyesight, unfortunately, was not what it used to be. Francisco squinted out at the horizon to the place where, supposedly, ships 100 times bigger than his little boat would someday line up, waiting their turn to sail across Panama. He sputtered a laugh. It was a ludicrous idea, impossible to believe. Every sailor and explorer who had ever landed on these shores had dreamed that ships would one day travel from ocean to ocean by way of Panama, although exactly how they expected to get from one side to the other was anyone's guess. The spine of the great Cordillera Mountains running straight through the isthmus stood in the way after all, and of the many miraculous things Francisco had heard in his life. He had never heard of a ship that could sail through a mountain. So they would cut the mountains, they said, 
break the spine. And once that was done, the water from both oceans would gush forth from each end and join to create a way through. A delusional dream. Putting not one, but two oceans in a place where for millions of years there had only been land. Who could believe such a thing? Francisco lifted the brim of his hat and squinted harder, trying to see the phantom shapes of steamers and schooners and battleships and boats, all the vessels that they swore would come through. He looked, but instead of ships, all he could see sitting on top of the water was the brilliant blue sky. Perhaps the problem, he thought, was that a person needed faith to be able to see things that did not exist, to imagine a world not yet made. In addition to so many other things, Francisco had lost his faith a long time ago.